Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. This week, as it's Christmas, we decided to get together with some friends of ours who also have their own podcasts. We had a chat with them over a glass of wine and a mince pie about art, podcasting and why they got into the business. And each podcast will be releasing this episode on their own channels. So um, I'm Liz. And I'm Jessie. And we're from the Artfully Podcast. And the Artfully Podcast is a podcast full of art, um, news stories and a little bit of gossip. And then we always do exhibition reviews as well every Yeah, exhibition twice reviews, uh, talking about current affairs in art and also um, have an art focus every month, don't we? Which is um, we've ranged from Anton Kiefer to Bridget Riley to Yayuki Summer. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it's accessible and but fun at the same time. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Ben. And I'm Nick. And, <laughs> uh, and we are from the Delphian podcast. Now, Delphian is a, I suppose we're a gallery, but we also do a podcast, a um, series of talks. We've just written a book. And our podcast is just us two chatting with art world practitioners from artists to curators to gallerists, etc. Uh, and I'm Nicholas. And I'm Rowan. And uh, what do we do? We, don't we Yeah, we sporadically <laughs> do podcasts where we interview <laughs> people from the art world that we like and enjoy either their work or how they run their galleries, etc. That's it. But Eric is missing tonight, we should just point that out. That is true. Eric's not here. Otherwise, my name, otherwise engaged. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Gary Mansfield. I produce the Mizog Art podcast on my own. I'm on my own this evening. Um, I, I um, like the Delphian. I also speak to artists and anyone else in the peripherals of that industry. My podcast in the new year is going to be changing its name or rebranding to the Ministry of Arts. Uh, what, what's it, what is it, Mr. Uh, I'm. I've done a talk at the Ned for some asset managers. Um, they wanted people who had an inspirational story, um, and they got pointed towards me. I told them about my story to do with prison, and working in the arts. Um, it went on to talking about art within the city, and I said about how sterile I thought the artwork was in these big money companies. Yeah. Um, and I sort of half talked them into putting exhibitions in their um, in their environments for what I think are more um, presentable artists. The artists I'm looking at um, getting 50% and the other 50%, what the gallery would normally take, will be going to a chosen charity. So you're not getting paid for this? Well, I'd be getting paid for the funding that he's putting the show Right. That's, the, that's the formula that we've just done the first one last week in yeah. Liverpool Street. Um, we've got to see whether it's viable yet. We're going to do two or three more, um, yeah, just to see if it's viable. So can you say, like, is there banks involved? Can you say who you've got involved in it yet? Is that, I, I don't even know what asset management is. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I've got asked to talk about them. Like, as as I can it's, get to it, they don't like to be associated with banks. Right. Uh huh. For whatever reason. Makes it sound like they are banks. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like they said, we're like a hedge fund, but we work with the people, which still went over my head. I don't know what hedge fund. Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> I they was they was they was offering to finance me, so they were good people. <laughs> they were the salt of the earth. That's <laughs> all it takes. Mm, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Do you know how they found you? It was a friend of a friend. Someone okay. is a uh, someone runs another podcast. Um, not an art podcast, just a, a sort of general podcast. Head fund podcast. Now a guy called Stu Whiffin. He runs a um, a podcast via Scroobius Pip. You know Scroobius oh, Pip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, all, all part of that network. He's a friend of mine. He was a friend of a friend who got me into this, who, who told them about my story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Essex it. as well. Is this an Essex circle of it people? Is, yeah, it? pretty yeah, much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know what I'm so, doing in South London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well out of comfort zone. Yeah. 
sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do My husband was not happy about me. Kind of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not fine. You're all right with me. I'm from Yorkshire, so I'm well out of my zone. And why did you change your name at all then? Well, it looks like um, from conception of just having the name of Ministry of Arts, which was going to be this thing that went into the city um, businesses. Um, some more stuff has come from that already, um, like art sales, art rentals. Um, that's what we're looking at, and we, right. we're just going to see if that's going to work in the city, you know. Oh, yeah. And if it does, it needed an umbrella name. I come up with that one. It was I nicked the logo off the Ministry of Justice, which I thought was pretty, pretty humorous. <laughs> um, we won't tell them that. And that's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and just that's where it was going. So I just put everything under that umbrella. And cool. I constantly get asked what Mizog means, which is still yeah, yeah. alright. Yeah, I think mean, that's quite intriguing. Yeah, I've had a few people. Americans ask me what Mizog is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. We so. get we get people, even artists we've exhibited, saying, "What does Delphine mean?" And Delphinia. Where's Delphine? And what do you tell them? Yeah, yeah. I say, Google it, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, art proof mean? Oh, it's, it's, if yeah. you don't know, you don't know. It's a lot of brain. Uh, <laughs> of the, brain. First rule, <laughs> the first rule of art proof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how did you come up with your name, Artfully? Um, Jesse came up. <laughs> I had no I think I WhatsApped you like 20 different names. Yeah, we went through a lot. Did you get it straight away? Did you know what you guys wanted? What, Delphian? Yeah. Uh, we did a show called Delphian. We basically yeah. wanted to pick a word that was pretty Googleable. So if you Google it, you're not really going to find nice, much yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. We have done well with that. It's all about the SEOs. Really about the SEOs. Yeah, we did a show in my studio in Whitechapel about five years ago or so. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. I mean, it didn't really have a title, I don't think. But it was kind of cool. called Delphian. Yeah, I mean, I think it came about a few names, but, um... Yeah. Then, what did you say there? <laughs> group Collective Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, we thought the name Group Collective was quite funny, because yeah. obviously Group and Collective mean yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then we started the Instagram for that show, and then we kind of forgot about it for ages. Mm. And we just started posting stuff again, and it, I guess Delphine just was the name then. Yeah, mm, and just yeah. snowballed. What? Just snowballed from there. Oh, right, yeah, I thought you said just then you just snowballed. <laughs> uh, non sequitur. <laughs> and how did yours get going from just conversations while working yeah, together well, or post yeah, we used to, together? No, yeah, no, it definitely wasn't when we were working together because we haven't worked together now for like a couple of years, three years or three something. Three or four yeah. years. But I think we just, when we did work together, we kind of bonded in the fact that we liked the same kind of art that wasn't necessarily the art we were actually Yeah, and, when, and also, when, when also when you just work together, you just spend like day just talking yeah. about stuff Completely. so you kind of already know that you've got like a rapport yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. and then we were just we were chatting in our living room about something we've seen and I think my husband was just like you guys really need to record this <laughs> this is kind of wasted so but I don't know if you guys feel like this but it's always that daunting thing when you do that first episode and like you're like I think I'm interesting to listen to right. <laughs> and yeah. I quite like talking to you but like <laughs> Just because your husband endorses us, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> like, You should have that on the bottom of your, of your <laughs> yeah, website, yeah. should you? Uh, and how long was it between you, like your husband suggesting it to you guys doing it? Oh, pretty, we're pretty on it, to be fair. Like, <laughs> it was about, I was talking about weeks? it for about a year and a half before yeah. I found yeah, it. Yeah, like, it was like two weeks before. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty quick. But um, we just kind of you know, somehow cobbled it together. I, I knew I could edit it, some, you know. Yeah, that was very it. fortunate, because you've got a bit of a background in music. Yeah, so that was, we didn't have to pay for someone to do that, which was always a bonus. And then you work in PR, so you could do all the promotion, and my husband did all the graphics for it and stuff, so it's kind of just came yeah, together, came together quite place. easily for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was cool. So, so for us, it was just Damn sitting it. in the pub <laughs> after, going to the pub after a show and having a chat, and then doing the same thing a couple of days later, having a chat with different people. Yeah. And thinking all these conversations are lost, all these moments. Yeah. 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 After you leave, oh, that was really good. It'd be good to go back and meet that stranger again and talk about that. Yeah. So Roman was like, oh, we should get together. We should record these yeah. things yeah. after a beer. Yeah, because every Thursday night we were essentially doing that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's it's just, yeah, I really feel like it could be 
out there yeah. and people would be interested well, we, we, in we do it anyway in the pub with a stranger it's much less profound than that me and Nick just have these ideas like oh should we do a podcast yeah, was, yeah then yeah. we just <laughs> did a podcast for years when I've been in the studio I'll always listen to a talk based radio you know or, or story books mm. um, then I've got into podcasts and I've, I've I mean, I didn't look too far, but I couldn't really find any art interviews. And I know so many artists from, like, my time in prison. I didn't meet them in prison. Where I've sort of got to know so many artists, I thought, well, I'm in a prime position to sort of just tap on a lot of artists' yeah. door to sort of ask if they'd fancy doing one. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always been really conscious of my accent and my vocabulary. I know, I know my knowledge is good because yeah. I've read so much. But my vocabulary isn't good, nor is my accent. And, uh, well, there's nothing wrong with my accent, but I'm conscious <laughs> of it within the art world. And I just figured I'd take that sort of attitude where if I'm scared of a spider, you go and sort of handle a tarantula, you know. So oh, yeah. I figured I'd just start a podcast and went from there. Actually, that's probably what makes your show so accessible. Because I think a lot of people who want to learn about art in the art world, it you know, it can be quite... Um, I don't know, a bit daunting to kind of get into it. It's quite yeah, an exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you don't want to get into like a BBC podcast or a BBC documentary sometimes. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's quite yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a set of fundamentals that I wrote down first, and um, where art changed my life so much, I wanted a sort of. And I, I, I know that where I've gone into prisons and it's, it's helped other people as well, yeah. I wanted people like myself off council estates to have access into the arts because it can change people so much. Mm. So I figured I could possibly be that person to do it. Yeah, mm. that's great. And have you had people get in touch with you? Yeah, loads. Who listen to your podcast yeah. and say that it's helped I had them someone do that. come up to me in a gallery when I was talking. Huh. Talk, when, I, well, when I was talking to someone else, they asked if I was Gary Mansfield from the Miserable Hour podcast. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's great. Really cool. okay. yeah. Yeah. The Gary Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a policeman and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been on your podcast. It was quite fun. It was like of all, of all the podcasts and that kind of thing I've done, yours was one of the more fun ones. It was very informal, just like a chat, just what, hanging fun. out. Yeah. And we'd never met before either, no. so you just came around to my studio. We just had a had a sit down yeah. and a chat, and it was really good. Well, I, I try not to be any different than I am. I'm a bit sort of immature and throw a joke in when it's not needed. <laughs> Joe so, <laughs> there was one now. <coughs> there was uh, two nuns in a bath. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 Don't even need a punchline there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I figured it's, it's pointless being any different than you are in real life. So, you know, if it makes people accessible. And I, I, I like to think that artists can listen to it as well, as well as people who are to just introduce themselves into it. That's it. That's yeah, a, yeah. a big reason why I kind of wanted to get into it, because I spent every time I paint, I'm listening to podcasts. I, that's what I do. I just I don't really listen to music that much. I like the, the kind of the company, uh, company so you can be quite lonely, found, isn't it, painting by yourself? Yeah, but I found when I did that, I painted a lot slower. So now I refuse to. Like if I had music, like quite upbeat music, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just keep going. What about you? Because you've more done paint than you can be doing things. How's yeah, it work for you? I, well, my my work is very very dull to do. So I. You want to try looking at it? So my work is, is utter garbage, and for that reason, um, when I'm making it, basically, I'm doing repetitive patterns and detail for days sometimes, yeah. so I need to have something to distract me, so I often have music or documentaries or podcasts mm-hmm. to kind of, so that I can zone out from the artwork, really. Yeah. So the actual drawing of like the, the faces and the figures um, is fairly quick and that's something I need to be in the zone for. But then doing the patterns is just monotonous. So I need someone else to distract me. I must say, your podcast was the first one that I spoke out to. I'm sitting on a train and <laughs> one of you asked the other one a question and said, do you think that? And I went, yes. <laughs> and then I looked around and I thought, oh, fucking hell, no, no. I spoke out and I went, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's, that's I was a bit worried there when you were saying that you were thinking out of it. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I spoke out. Oh, fucking that's money. good. That's really good. It's, it's great to have the feedback as well when people, you just, you know, strangers write to you and say, you know, that they really 
appreciate what you're doing and it just makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone told me the other day that they were listening to our podcast in the back. Yeah. It made me feel a bit <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We should probably ask where people are listening to us. There should be a dress code. How long is your podcast? How long about uh, it? It's like usually 25 to 35 minutes. Okay, that's exciting. Okay, so only a little bit pruning. Yeah, they're not going properly pruning, yeah. Yeah. Ours is about 45 minutes ish. That's till the water's probably cold then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, why we've got it. Well, it includes one in the bath though, doesn't it? Oh, okay. so. What's the longest one you've done? Longest bath I've done. Longest pocket, I don't know. To be honest. Spout. I mean, it'll be this one. And I, and I, <laughs> right, actually, it'll be this one. It was really amazing. It was about an hour, I think, yeah. Well, it's it been more long, Jesus yeah. Christ. Ray Richardson, just over two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's good. Like to, yeah, I like that. I, I can't remember, but I know no, we, it was we went really wrong at the end because <laughs> we started laughing like soppy little schoolboys. Yeah. And <laughs> I even cut a minute of laughter out, and there were still two minutes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I would have been inclined to cut out like. Two minutes fifty. <laughs> yeah. That was a good way. A good way to end. <laughs> I thought, I just thought. fade out with you laughing. Yeah, well, I should have just kept them laughing. <laughs> yeah. On loop at the end. So, what what podcasts do you guys all listen to? In our time. Oh yeah, classic. Sorry, yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's Marvin Bragg. Like every week, he'll talk about a different subject, but it'll be like. He'll be talking about, say, the Renaissance, and then he'll be like, next week we're talking about AI and self service <laughs> checkouts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wild, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one of stuff you should know. I listen to oh, yeah, I've heard that. It's a similar yeah. sort of thing. Where I don't know if you guys have heard it. They'll talk about a subject, but both, both the guests will research something, mm. come back and kind of discuss their research, and the next week could be a completely different subject. Both of them probably don't know anything about it. Yeah. And that's quite a good one. Because there's like, things like, but they're both Americans, so a lot of the stuff is subjects that they should have learned in school and they never did. <laughs> right. So there's yeah. no reason why I would know it at all. Yeah. So it's the abstract realities. Do you guys know um, To The Studio? No. It's like a new London based yeah. artist podcast. No. It's oh, good. Okay. Check oh. it out. We should have had a bit of it. I mean, we can't have a room full of people. I mean, we do already have a room full of people. We probably, <laughs> yeah. probably couldn't fit many more. Did you rearrange the room for tonight? Yeah, yeah. come early. Yeah, two hours of getting it just right. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a lot of friends who do podcasts. Um, I got a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah, but how many of them do podcasts? <laughs> Seven. Yeah. <laughs> how many come um, early? Yes, I listen. I listen to a lot of theirs. Like we were saying, Scroobius Pip and his lot. You know, where I know all of them, um, I listen to their podcasts. I like his one because he gets quite varied yeah. people in as well like cool. from all walks of life. And it yeah. seems to be that the two big ones in the country are him and Adam Buxton. Yeah. 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 Big. Yeah. Adam Absolutely. Buxton though, really short. Is he? <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Quite a short man. Yeah. Oh, we Adam Buxton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's coming on. I've got him on mine next year. Don't tell him I said he was short. I'm sure he knows. I must have noticed. He went to art school, Adam Adam Buxton, so I've got him on mind for, well, he's agreed to it. Nice. That's, that's where we are so far. Then I untied him and <laughs> <laughs> took him out the boot and I've not heard from him since. I've been listening to Artists Decoded. Oh yeah, that one's been around for a yeah. while. Nice. I don't know, I don't think based in America much earlier on it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I trouble with American LA. ones. I know, that's a big reason why we kind of started out, because we were complaining that of just loads of American ones. Oh, I just struggle with the accent. Oh. And I know that sounds really bad, <laughs> but I just, I can do like 10, 15 minutes of it. How are you with uh, with Gary's accent right I now? I love that accent. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think your accent's really great for recording. Oh, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah. A lot of police stations have said exactly the same thing <laughs> during the interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I was just about to say. Oh, there's a, a com- comedian's artist podcast as well called I think it was called The Secret Artist that I only found last week because um, there's a lot of comedians went to art school yeah 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 um, and like there's Vic a, Reeves and yeah, Harry Hill and there's a, a comedian called Annie McGrath or Annie McGrath I can't remember the pronunciation mm-hmm. but she's just started The um, Secret Artist I've only listened to a couple of those but they're pretty cool oh cool and she does an artwork with them at the time she brings them in they do an artwork for 50 minutes or an hour yeah um, and just talk while they're doing it. 
Yeah, I was gutted when I heard it though, which is yeah, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I wasn't going to say that, but I had to. There's, there's an Australian tattooist who does a similar thing though. The tattoos people? Well, he's an illustrator as well. No, in fact he does, yeah. So they, draw, they do do a drawing during it as well, during the interview, but I think he's mostly interviewing music, musicians actually. Oh. As they're getting then, tattooed. And then at the end he'll also do, do them a tattoo if they want. Mm. So you need to get a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a gimmick. <laughs> Have you been on any podcasts? I've been on one um, for as uh, a gallery called Fat Space Gallery, which I was on, um, which was good. But that was just like a really short one, really. But um, no, just just hours chatting away. I don't know what anybody would put me on a podcast to just talk about my podcast. I've been on this one called the Mezog Art Podcast. I've heard about that. It's brilliant. People should check out. That. <laughs> my dog. Is it my dog? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> what about you, Rowan? Have I been in Oh, sorry, yeah, Delphian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I see why you're pointing down. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, let me talk for a whole hour. Yeah. Off along. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant time. One way combo? Or? <laughs> yeah. uh, ours, we try and keep ours to being a little bit one way. We just try and, we try and shut up as much as possible. Like, I, I would talk, as I'm doing now, I would talk forever if someone didn't stop me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ours, no. we try and... As I say, you've been on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for the ones which for you guys which interview people. Do you find do you look at your ratings? Does it vary massively depending on who you're interviewing? Oh, yeah. Ooh, tricky territory. Oh, yeah. it does it? Yeah. I don't, I don't who, care. I stopped looking at mine yeah, a long that. time ago because I started. Someone gave me a few tips on what to do to try and get more listeners, and mm. I started doing it, and I felt really uncomfortable with it because I yeah. I didn't start mine for oh. listener numbers mm-hmm. really. But I have noticed, answering your question, mm. I had like Mark Wallinger mm. and... Um, Benjamin Murphy. <laughs> ben, yeah, all the greats. <laughs> I, I had Matt Collishaw and um, Mark Wallinger, mm. one after the other. Yeah. And then I had a homeless person a couple of weeks before who, who used art to get out of, or like get off the streets. Yeah. And the homeless person wiped the floor with the yeah, pair of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was he almost done as much as both of them put together. Wow, wow that's mad. And that's intriguing Brilliant. as well because sometimes, you know, all that people have to go off is like the name yeah. of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And normally, you know, when you're going through, you'll just be like, mm, like, you know, Desert Island Disc. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to know about that's it, Jimmy yeah. Carr's like top eight tracks. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, maybe someone else you do. But it's, it's really interesting that like, a homeless guy. Yeah. People, no, I mean, it's a story probably, but they just saw that. Yeah, that's, just, that's like, probably actually. what it was. Yeah. And then I've done a tattoo artist and she just knocks spots off everyone. Interesting. Mm. So I guess it's because they're maybe more accessible. Because if you if you're if people don't know who Matt Collisher is, yeah. not from from the art world, then or it, those it, stories. You just look over the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, just, you just think about the story. Yeah. To be yeah, fair, if, I, if I'm like looking for one to listen to, I'll look at who the guest is and then just decide on yeah. on which ones I know or like. Oh, see, I see. I'm a bit addicted to podcasts. I will just listen. All of them, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like Scroobius Pips, when I started listening to his, he was 120 in, and I caught up on that. Fucking terrible. <laughs> I listen to him in my car, in my yeah. studio, in the bath. When I'm in the bath, I listen to yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just listen to. I, I don't watch much telly anymore. I'm, no, I'm no, starting to sound a bit fucking sad, don't I? No, no, um, no, no. And then I find one, and I just hope. Like someone said to me the other day, oh, you're listening to so-and-so's podcast. I had a look, and they was like 100 and something in, and I said, I can't fucking do it. Because <laughs> as soon as I watch one, yeah. I put all of the others, uh, sorry, as soon as I listen to one, I put all the others to one side, catch like up. binge Not on set. that one, and then I have to catch up on everything else. <laughs> yeah, so it's really yeah. bad. So with as Pip as well, originally, like I would go for the names. But then now, and I listen to Joe Rogan as well, now I generally yeah. will go for the, one, the names I haven't heard of. Because they do end up being more interesting. And you kind of know a bit enough about carving. But if you know what I mean, so you've got Tom Hanks on, and you kind of know enough about yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's uh, been interviewed so person. many times, you know yeah, what yeah. has happened in And they all answer the same questions. I mean, that's why I have uh, them questions running through mine, so that everyone has to answer the same simple mm. questions. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be, it's, it's not necessarily going to be something you would have heard from Matt Collishaw or mm. whomever. We've yeah. got a few of those. We call them killer questions. What are like, your killer questions? 
Uh, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but um, it's like we... two pages of them. Well, we've got we've got two pages of like questions for to fill silence if there if there is any. But we've got yeah. like a section called Killer Questions that can be asked at any point. They're really good, and they're like they will. <laughs> they're really good. No, the answer. <laughs> I can't remember them, but they're yeah. good questions. Oh yeah, they kill them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of them is like what. What one piece of advice would you give to an emerging artist starting their career now? And then whatever, whoever you ask that to, there's going to be a... Opens them up. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be like an interesting, useful bit of advice. Yeah, totally. We've just got that one question. <laughs> Other than that, it's just... That's, that's definitely a killer question. It's really fine. Killer. What is your question? Yeah. What is the, the do, one killer question? Do you have your own art hanging in your house? If so, why that piece? Well, that, Rowan, you don't. I don't I see don't. any of yours in this Yeah, house. yeah, I don't. Why yeah. is that? You don't have any art in here, actually. No, but yeah. We also have a Christmas tree with no decorations up yet. Gary, do you have faith? Of mine? Yeah. You su- sorry, you successfully diverted it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Judging by the reaction, that's a story. Why don't I? Yeah. Um, Girlfriend won't let you. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's I would imagine if you were looking at your own work, you'd constantly be thinking how you wanted to tweak it or how you could have made it better. Like you just wouldn't be able to relax with it around you. Because I assume most artists feel driven that they can always improve on the last painting. Yeah, I right. hope so. Yeah, and that's why you keep carrying on, essentially, yeah. I think. Because you always think, ah, oh, I can do it better, I can do it better. So you would have that torture if it was hanging in your room or wherever, because you'd constantly be like, oh, I can't look at it because I know I could have done it better, or I could do that now, or I should have done that. I, don't I have like that. one rotating spot, basically right. whatever the most recent thing is, yeah. put it there. And that makes sense, yeah. But that's also functional to you as well, because don't you use that for your photography spot as well? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. And also in that sense, I think it's good to live <laughs> yeah. with artwork for a while, so that you yeah, can still change it before you put it out in the big wide world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I do think, like I think that's what's a bit lost like a in London. Period. Yeah, because yeah. I think <laughs> artists are so panicked about paying bills, that they kind of just do it and then put it straight out, whereas yeah. I actually think you should live with art for a while mm. and yeah, make a decision six months down the line if you yeah. feel that that is still what you consider a good piece of work. Mm. We're really lucky because where we live is the office for Delphian, so when all the work arrives in advance of shows, we just stick it on the walls <laughs> for a couple of weeks get to enjoy it for a bit before it goes yeah, into a inch, show. There's not an inch of unused wall space around, <laughs> yeah. so it can come down for a preview. When I put one of my face values on my first face value show on, um, I I'd, I'd, I'd had little bits of artwork from friends and that indoors, and then at one point I was just going through a list of these artworks that I had sitting in my home, and I had um, uh, <laughs> I had like Sarah Lucas original piece, and um, who else? Oh, I can't even think. My mind's gone blank. But there was, um, uh, not Matt Collishaw, um, oh, my mind's gone blank, but I had sort of like 70, 80 grains worth of art <laughs> sitting in my council house. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, <laughs> the phone's the insurance company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah so I had Sarah Lucas, they, she had these things called brick tits. And I had them on the mantelpiece at first, and that was before I found out how much they were worth. And then mm-hmm. I sort of slowly put them back in their box yeah, yeah. and <laughs> put them away. You know. And gave them someone else to destroy, right? I, I destroyed myself oh, first. Right. Oh. I destroyed myself what? both times. Oh, I really love what you did with the um, Marcus Harvey. Marcus Harvey, yeah, that was. So Mar- Marcus Harvey's uh, did this really fam- famous painting of um, Myra Hindley's face done with children's handprints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone listening isn't aware, they Myra Hindley basically murdered a load of children and left them on, buried them on the moors. She was one of the Man- moors murders, yeah. wasn't she? Left them on the moors in between Manchester and Yorkshire. And so Gary took the print, took a print of her, of the painting of her face, and left it in a field with a fork stuck for it, like a, a gardening <laughs> fork stuck for it, and they just yeah. left it in the field. But that's brilliant. That damn well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I bet it did. It did. No, it did. And when the when the farmer came along, because I was on his on his grounds, he'd come along and say, "What are you doing?" I said, "There's an artwork over there of Myra Hindley with a fork for it," and he went. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just carry it on. <laughs> it's art, mate. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, the first one, I know, I know I explained the face value 
the, the newer concept, the original one, it was just me getting artworks from artists and mm -hmm. damaging them within context of the artist or, its, or the artwork, just to ask if the value would still be the same after another artist has right. yeah. put these marks on it. Yeah, yeah. And I had, um, like the, the um, Chapman brothers, I put theirs in a McDonald's drive-through and let every, the, the punters sort of drive over it, you know, because they've <laughs> always amazing. taken the piss out of McDonald's. Did you <laughs> use cigarette burns on the uh, on, Sarah on Lucas? Sarah Lucas's tip bricks, I've done cigarette burns. And on the second one, when, when we done it, it didn't sell the first time. And because I still had her artwork, which was damaged, I phoned her up and I said, like, am I right to use it again for a second? I want to do a second show based around this. I want to, I told her what I was going to do. And I said that I wanted to, because it had Sarah Lucas on the front of these bricks. Mm -hmm. I wanted to turn that within themselves and put Gary Mansfield <laughs> as if she's come back into this abusive relationship and gone within herself and I've sort of overpowered her. I was the bastard boyfriend, you know? Yeah. So she said yes and that started the face value thing off again. So that ain't a, it's not a bad way to start a show, is it, I suppose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that destroyed the de Kooning painting? Oh, uh, Robert Rushen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Robert, well, he rubbed it out. Yeah, he just yeah. kept rubbing it and rubbing it. <laughs> yeah. I tried that first of all, that weren't going. That Ray <laughs> Richardson I mentioned, we took his ones, he had one of a boxer. And a, a friend of mine used to be a, um, a worldweight champion, um, no, a, a lightweight champion. And um, we took it down to him and put it on the boxing pads and he worked out on the pads on Ray Richardson's little yeah, four, inch, four inch drawing. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should change the subject. No, no, it's me, me talking. Uh, what was your route into the art world? Like, do you know you what? Study do you know how I got into I mean, I, I trained as an illustrator. That was my degree. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. Um, but then I... Where um, did you do that? Um, at London College of Fashion, so I actually, right. I just basically, I used to do a lot of figurative and portraiture work and I thought where can I do that for three years, so I just drew models solidly for three years basically, it was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> and then I tried being an illustrator when I was like 21, had no clue of the industry and yeah, didn't make any yeah. money, so I was like ah! Um, so then I got a job working in a gallery, which was on Hoxton Square at the time, um, and kind of went up from there. Really mad interview. I. Um, on my CV, right at the bottom, on the interest, it said that I was in a band and I had a link to it. And in the interview, the guy who, um, brought in his like nine-year-old son and was like, "Yeah, that's all great, and all, but can you play that song that's on YouTube?" <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, and then um, played it. It's like, "Great, start Monday." <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> so, what do you mean you played? You had a guitar with you. He had. He gave me a guitar. Oh. And I was like, "You need to play that He's song." Odd. Yeah, that's really know. weird. And you, and you accepted that job. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. I literally got to run, like, I was like 22 and got to run this big gallery in, in Hoxton, right opposite Waikiba, it was amazing. But it was very much, I had, I, you know, I sort of said yes, I could do everything and then really just learned yeah, it. Winged it. Winged it massively, like, what's a consignment agreement? Okay, right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it was, that was the way, I, and it just kind of went from there, really. What about you, Jesse? I hired you, that's how I was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm the reason for your success. <laughs> so I actually, so I moved to London to do an art foundation, did a fine art foundation, and to be honest, like, listening to the rest of you, I feel like, kind of, I let myself down, because I just, I got, like, through the foundation. Where did you do it? that? CSM. And then probably, like, probably, like, Halfway through it, I just got really scared by the prospect of being an artist, and I was just like, and I, I'm really good as well. I just have to I, say, but I, but I love writing as well, and I've right. always loved writing, and I love writing about art, and I just kind of got a bit like, no, no I'll go down the writing route, mm. which to be honest is like a really like it's a great route to go down. Yeah. But then, so creative, before you know it, you're you get so distracted by doing everything else that like podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I literally will say yes to anything, and I'll just like get like I'll do so many different things, and now I've got to the point now where I still do paint, but I've literally been painting the same one painting for three years. I was meant to give it to my brother on his wedding, and that was. He's now divorced. Did you not? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so I'm aiming to finish it for Christmas, so I can give it now as a Christmas present, not as a nice. present anymore. Give it a game away now. Yeah. <laughs> Put he the won't, baby he in won't the listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> Um, the yeah, so then I did uh, I did curation at CSM and oh. art criticism and went down to writing and putting on exhibitions and stuff like that, which was 
fantastic. And then, yeah, went into galleries. And well, that was straight from uni? Yeah, you, so I, yeah, yeah, you were yeah. graduate. Yeah, you were my, yeah, my first, my first mm-hmm. um, graduate job. I, Jessie's just very, very on it, and I was like, yeah, that's what I need. She's yeah, <laughs> yeah, enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah, And have you been like how well, or how have you, have you managed to be practicing your art the whole time you've been? Do you know what I have and haven't? But what I found is since I stopped working um, for a gallery, which I did a few years ago, I kind of um, pulled out from it. I found that my art really improved and really developed right. and I think it's because whenever I've worked for um, a gallery director and been involved in the creation my my style has been so kind of aesthetically tuned to where I was working right. that it was yeah, affecting yeah. my output right. um, so I felt that since I've not had that as a distraction I've been able to really think about what I enjoy and what I'm was into. A bit, was that step a bit scary? Um, I guess so but um, I felt it was time. I was kind of okay with it, and yeah. I knew I was always. I think that's another reason why we do the podcast is to still have like a, something that's yeah. keeping us, you know, involved in the industry and, and yeah. keeping our sure. kind of passion alive aside from the painting side. So I'm really interested in 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 art in general and uh, the history of it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've I've actually found that it's quite flourished. I think since I stopped working. Nice. Yeah. yeah, Gary, do you, are you getting a lot done as well, or are you? Running around interviewing. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking headless chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done. F- are, you, are you feeling like. This is my fifth this week. Right, yeah, yeah podcast wise, yeah. yeah, interview. So are you, like, are you looking into next year as still going around headless chicken or, or do you want to put no, time aside to get artwork done? Or yeah, I've, I've, I've started getting curating? some. I started doing some drawings um, just because I had so many podcasts to listen to. But again, I had a, a bank of podcasts aside. Because mm-hmm. I did do them weekly, I found that too challenging, mm-hmm. so I've taken it to 10 days, so I can do three a month rather than four a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just do, like I've done this week, for get four, five, six done at once, then I'm all right for a, a month to six weeks, you know, so it gives me a little, a little time. Yeah. I still don't know how you're doing that many, though. Yeah. No, There's no, only no. one of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you I know. Someone's passed over. No, well, I've done, like, I've done three yesterday. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a chance. <laughs> and how many meetings did you have yesterday as well? I had one meet. Uh, well, I had one yeah. meeting, two private views, and three podcasts. Oh, wow. So I had a whole day in London. Yeah. I left home. Uh, and you still? Um, <laughs> you didn't get any artwork done. Come on, mate. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I tried. I did do some work on the computer. I did arrange oh, some stuff for today. Do you ever feel like you sometimes just turn up for an interview and you're just like, and who is? Who am I saying? Well, I, I can't listen to. Yeah, he had that feeling today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't listen to art podcasts because I've before now I've asked someone a question that I heard on a oh, podcast yeah. while they was talking. I asked someone else's question. Yeah, right, so you can yeah. listen to us because we don't interview people. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's still great. So I'll, I'll listen to them on my way home, but I won't listen to art podcasts. Yeah. I'll catch up on on other ones. The art podcasts I generally listen to. When I'm um, drawing, painting, or or whatever, you know, yeah, doing yeah. something arty. Delphine, you've got a lot going on as well. We're doing curation, your own artwork and photography, yeah. podcast, well, how do you feel writing again? a lot of writing because you've got a website. Just finished our first book. Yeah. 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 yeah literally yesterday. Yeah. Wow. So now, it's exciting. What, from, what's yeah, the book about? One essay. Um, it's like a, a business book for early career artists. Oh, nice. That's That's the best way to sum up. Yeah. Nice. You get asked a lot about that, don't you, from emerging artists? Yeah. Like yeah. To yeah well, so we do work. we do like a series of talks, mm-hmm. panel discussion type things. Um, so I, I suppose they were maybe indirectly the inspiration for the book. Yeah. Maybe. I think that's yeah. fantastic as well because I think it's a really like undocumented <laughs> area of getting you know even yeah. when you have all your training and you go through like art school yeah, and stuff yeah. like that it's still. The actual act of like becoming yeah. a commercially successful artist is yeah. really difficult. And used, well. what we used to find it really difficult in the gallery is, you know, when you've got artists coming in, they're asking you questions, and it's just such a, like a it's such a big thing to explain. Yeah. And you kind of just yeah. feel like like we should just go for a drink. And no, just I think sit that's why all like, these podcasts are good yeah. as well. That's mm. good for the students to listen to. We, we never got taught anything at all, like no. business wise. No, no, yeah. at school. 
thought, oh, what's going on? Yeah, you get, you get taught the theory and the history how to think and, and how to make yeah. art, but yeah. you don't get taught any of that. They kick you out into the world and like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's why I'm only, in more recent years, focusing on actually being an artist, but I felt like I needed a decade working in the industry to work it out and right, yeah, to, yeah. to do it. So that's fantastic that you guys are doing that book. I think that would be really helpful to a lot of graduates. Yeah, I think, I think, to be, sorry, I was just going to say, I think, to be honest, that was one of the reasons that I just didn't even want to do a BA in art, because I was just mm-hmm. like, what's the point? Like, it's just going to be so difficult afterwards mm-hmm. that I might as well go down a similar route, but at least one that might have more of a job at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel a little bit disappointed in myself saying that, but you've got to be realistic at the same time. But also, yeah, we're, we're recording this in London, which is like the most expensive place in the country to live, and unless you're incredibly fortunate and have parents who live here and can fund you to do your practice, you, know, you have to get a job. So yeah. it, it is very, very hard, I think, when you graduate and you have all these big ideas and then actually, you know, well, okay, I still need to I do this on the side because I need to pay the rent. And yeah, I think yeah. it's quite a shock to a lot of people, I think. And, and yeah, the reality, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I an artist yesterday and she lives in Islington in one of those big sort of four-storey houses um, she lives on the top floor. She's got um, three large rooms. One of them is her studio, um, and she's running it, it for um, a friend of the family. It's an Airbnb. She's got three um, lodgings just for sort of seeing people in once or twice a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Is that funny? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 a nice touch. Mm. Yeah, and Delphi, are you? Like, are you feeling anything's getting missed out, like your own practice, or like, are you doing too much podcast or too much writing or too much of your own stuff, too much curation? You happy no. with the balance? I mean, it? it also balances out just about. <laughs> yeah. It's always a juggling act, but it's yeah, it's all right at the moment. We'll cool. see what happens next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, but, reason, the reason I do it is because I just get sick of doing one thing, so I do something else for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. How do you guys yeah, balance it between cool. the two of you? Does like one of you? Is one of you stronger in one area and like, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, we sort of just sort of fell into different roles in the gallery, didn't we, really? Like, yeah. there's things that I'm really shit at that you're good at, and things that you're shit at that I'm good at. Yeah. So it just works out It's incredibly fortunate that the things that I'm shit at luckily are the things that yeah. Nick are good at. Yeah. Yeah. Like recording this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how to work this recorder or do any of the editing or any of that. So luckily, not Nick does. It's, it's the same first when we were walking here, and you were like, you were talking to me about like what type of mic they were going to use, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Well, I'm schizophrenic, and between us, we just get by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. that put an hand break on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, at, at, at moments like this, this is where we would dive into the killer questions uh, back. Okay. <laughs> so how about we go for one and you can all answer it. Go on. What, yeah. what one piece of advice would you give to a, an emer- emerging early career artist? Don't look at me oh. first, I need time to think. I'm slower <laughs> than everyone else. All right, <laughs> Nick. See yeah, Nick, yeah. Uh, all right, talk, talk to strangers. <laughs> actually, right, you go, 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 actually nice can we... Go to shows and talk to strangers. Because no one really oh, knows what you do. Are you oh, willing to say what you do, do on the podcast? I don't know what I do. Because obviously yeah. you're not a practicing artist. Well, I, I know what you do. Uh, yeah, so yeah, but the audience, know what I do. the audience uh, So you work at Alan Cristea. That's true. In some capacity. Something to do with uh, art fairs, logistics, right? That's right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I organise their art fairs. I organise all the behind-the-scenes stuff for their shows. And I organise exhibitions with Artproof co-host Eric, mm-hmm. who's not here today. Uh, and my advice would be go to private sh- private views and talk to as many strangers as possible because they're the people that will put you in touch with mm-hmm. other people that can help you. That's there a good one. Go. We've never yeah. had that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's it. Though. That's that's how I ended up getting most of my jobs mm. or any bits of freelance. It's always come from a stranger helping you out. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, guess it's how I met Ben and yourself. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess through that, you, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say don't be afraid to ask for help from fellow artists. Mm. I was very, oh, I, I still am quite funny about asking for help, even though that whenever I have, it's always been, you know, coming to me in, in droves, but I'm always um, 
very nervous about asking artists for help or advice. Yeah. But I'm getting better. <laughs> it's working out well. It's, it's coming all right. <laughs> all right, let's just go in a circle. All right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I feel you have to, you don't want to treat it like a business, but you kind of have to understand at least that, you know, you can't just, you know, I'd love to just sit all day and, and paint, but you have to market yourself. You have to know how to play the game and be on social media and have a presence and I think as much as it is 100% important to go out and meet people and do it, that's probably more important but you also have to in these days I think you have to have a presence online as well um, and also I think just bonding with other artists like is, don't see them as competitors see them as people that you know can help and support you and that I've, I've found that that's led to things for me is, is by supporting other artists and working collaborating as much as possible and I think that that helps raise your profile massively. Similar to that, I would say don't burn any bridges. And this is kind of, it's not just for art, it's just anything in life. You know, you do a job, you get involved with something, you collaborate with someone, you move on and you like forget about them because you're moving on to the next thing. Mm. But I think if you can take the time to keep looking back and nurturing those relationships and just like sending the odd email and reconnecting, you never know when things are going to come full circle again and someone's going to get in touch with you with like, a prospect or like you know an exhibition or something like that and something you did five years ago is suddenly useful again i think that's really important yeah definitely yeah. Mm. Yeah. wish i'd got that bit of advice earlier in my career I've a few bridges in there. <laughs> <laughs> also when you're so young you're so, you're so keen to just like move on move on yeah. and like get to the next thing and you kind of forget to like look after the things that you've been doing before mm-hmm. um sort of carrying on from yours actually so be easy to work with reply to emails quickly and just be like available and yeah just easy to work with because it's really important and well word travels and uh if you're not easy to work with like definitely like puts your disadvantage in the future from other opportunities yeah yeah mine's similar i mean i've answered this with delphine before but i just you just don't have the time at this age that you did at that nice young youthful age so yeah use it whether it's in social media, the networking, or actually doing the work, just take every second to do it, I think. Yeah. And you have all that freedom and less bills and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> commitments. Yeah, yeah, with it. See, mortgages, children, partners, yeah. whatever. Yeah, just, yeah, use all that freedom the best My- you can. And then also. Go to prison, man. You get loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> And also, um, don't get sucked into the doing stuff for free in exchange for what Definitely, yeah. might be promotion. <laughs> or exposure, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So give you exposure. Yeah, it's, that never worked out for me. <laughs> Stay well clear of that. Yeah, because you've got to figure it out to yeah, make say your no business. Yeah, you're saying no. You've got to be able to yeah. afford to live. And people will take advantage. If you do mm. something for free once, they'll, they'll keep yeah, using it and keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I gave myself a rule that I was going to do things for free whilst I was studying. And the minute I was studying, mm. like, no unpaid internships, like, nothing. Yeah. That was, like, my rule. And I just mm. stuck to it. And that kind of saw me through. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I mean, well, you gave me a job, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> as a counterpoint, though, there is such thing as um, working uh, in exchange for something that isn't money. So sometimes, yeah. although you may not be getting paid in cash some some of the jobs that you do where you don't get paid in cash or some of the things that you do that doesn't result in cash can result in things that are far more valuable than cash yeah okay. so it's about identifying which of those can you give an example are. uh well i did a lot of writing for a lot of magazines for free right. before i started getting paid mm-hmm. and if if i'd have gone in trying to get paid work writing right at the very beginning nobody would have hired me my writing was terrible so I needed but did you that. approach them? Uh, I mean, various, various yeah, yeah. but I mean, that's just the first thing that comes off the top of my head. But yeah, some, yeah. Some, thi- some things that, um, say working with charities is another thing, that's, you're working for free, but yeah. Yeah. it has the benefit of obviously doing some good in the world, but also um, there's kind of networking opportunities and visibility and things that you get from doing things like that. Well, could I just interject there? Because working with the charities is helped me no end yeah exactly yeah, yeah from because i mean I, after coming out from prison 
I really have problems with sort of being in, in crowds and around people. Mm -hmm. I'll go to loads of private views, but I do, I, I, tr I find it difficult being around crowds, so I sort of get out as quick as possible, really. Mm -hmm. And even though I know that's to my detriment, so I don't sort of socialise too much with other artists. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I figured if I bring all of these artists in, or oh, sorry, I discovered that by bringing all of these artists in, doing these big um, projects that I do, that's one way of getting to know all of these artists, as is this podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, spending um, half an hour looking at someone's eyes, talking to them, having a, an honest conversation, yeah. you build a bond up there straight away, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's helped me no end. That's actually another thing. None of us are getting paid for doing podcasts. None yeah. of us. Yeah. We all do a lot of things, probably. That we don't I've been pay. asked yeah. to pay someone to be on my podcast. Someone asked oh, for right. money. Oh, who? who? <laughs> Vic Reeves. Oh, really? Yeah. But it was fire his management, I should say. It was his, I had to go for his management. They asked how much the fee was. I said, there's not a fee. It's about people who love art mm. and not money. And so did he, he said, do it? I didn't, I told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I refrained. Uh, no, that ain't, that ain't what I'm doing it for. He's yeah. not that big. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had a guy off the streets give me his time, yeah. you know? Who the fucking hell is he to ask money, you know? Yeah. That's, that was my... So I burnt the bridge with him, going back to <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he burnt the bridge. Yeah, yeah, well, that's not even new. He probably didn't propose. He probably didn't. That's why I feel a bit, ingen bit disingenuous saying yeah. it was him because it wasn't him. It was his, his, his manager. manager yeah. yeah. So he probably wasn't even aware of it. But I should be meeting him next week. Oh, right. So this goes out after that. So so luckily, burning <laughs> <laughs> of the bridge will happen after. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if this could be edited out either way. Vic Reeves is a bastard. Vic <laughs> Reeves is brilliant, <laughs> depending on how I get in next week. Yeah. What were these tips that you were told to use while podcasting that you tried out? Or can you tell us one of the tips? Which, these, what, 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 earlier you mentioned you were told tips, like how to, to podcast. podcast. Yeah, it, well, I'm, I'm not one for being competitive. Mm -hmm. um, and someone said I should be competitive. Someone said that I've, I've got loads of artists in the bank, like big names, yeah. throw them out. And I was saying I'm not comfortable with that because mm -hmm. I'm after the person's story of how they got to the position they're in, mm -hmm. depending on what rung of the ladder they're on. And it, it didn't, it genuinely didn't bother me how high up they were. And, but I took it on board because the, the person who said it to me, their podcast is massive. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it and I felt so bad doing it by saying, oh, I've got this person in, it's the best, you know, the, the, the biggest people out there. And it, and it really it really isn't me. So I've done it once or twice. And then I said, I, I, I don't give a fuck about all that, so I'm not doing it. Yeah. <coughs> Whether it's to my detriment or not, I don't know. But, you no, know, it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea, really. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Delphine, is there uh, someone you'd like, who's your top of your hit list? Listen to our podcast, so hopefully she'll listen to yeah. this. And you yeah. can, <laughs> yeah. I like Cornelia Parker. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah, she would be really, really good. 
I'd quite like to speak to Bridget Riley just because she never gives anything away. If you could guarantee that she well, would. Well, mostly because she was slightly obsessed with her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's just, I met her a few years ago and she's just so fucking cool. <laughs> but she would be, she'd be really... If you could get her talking, I think she'd be good because so many people try and fail to open her up and she'll mm. just storm out of a room and then someone tells you the interview's over. <laughs> so if you could actually get her to... To, you know, tell some stories in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's gone. She's absolutely. Is she willing to share in? Yeah, yeah. Gareth? Well, I've sort of tried to spread my wings with, with getting um, loads of types of people. And as I say, I've had tattooists, I've got a, a, a framer lined up. Um, I, I don't really care who, who comes on. I'm, I'm, we've obviously got the dream ones. Um, I mean, Damien Nurse would always be quite cool. Yeah. I'd like to get Ralph Harris in a room on my own. But I presume that would be a room in which you were switching all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I'll, I'll sort of go for, for anyone, really. If they've got a good story, then. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. Damn. Oh, yeah, I thought um, I was just going to get to ask it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had no thought at all. Gosh. Um, How about just, we come back to you? Though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what's been you guys' favourite topic to talk about this year? Or, or oh, what's, yeah, yeah, what's made you laugh? We don't, we, we yeah, don't, you don't, we do don't interview we don't, anyone. No, we kind of personally um, don't do that. We just, we, um, what's been a good story? The, the gold toilet going was pretty oh, good. Yeah, yeah. The gold toilet that's and so actually the, um, the BBC documentary about the... Um, the guy who yes. did the 50 oh, million so dollar I was listening to that today yeah, I was absolutely you. obsessed with that documentary if you've not seen it, it it's, it's like it's unbelievable what he did and what he got away with right. and then it's just like you couldn't have written it like the no. twists and turns the fact it's that better he's, than any film the fact that he's still alive and like the FBI haven't got him I know it's, it's been just all crazy. these people in America <laughs> who have literally lost millions and millions and they don't know where he is he was in the 80s and 90s he moved to New York and he literally went out there with nothing and he's like incredibly impressive to some respects he started off what was he selling to begin with pâtés pâtés <laughs> and then he got into art <laughs> like the, the, yeah. you know it's very natural he basically he sold really obvious art that he knew would sell really well like Van Gogh and Picasso and it was easy sales and he basically built up people's trust um, by paying quickly and stuff at first but then he got into the stock exchange and lost a lot of money and then basically ended Panics. up yeah so what he would do is then he would like consign work off someone and then sell it and people and he would just end up in this and then never get the but money back weren't you guys yeah. saying he he didn't understand what he'd done wrong yeah well i mean Still, this is like this he was is the like, psychology like yeah. you know if you, you ever watch something like the netflix the fire festival documentary and stuff yeah. like that the psychology of like people not understanding that they've committed a crime and that they've actually ruined people's lives. They've, you know, right. ruined so people's in businesses. He- in his head, he's trying to and do he's still, Well, he says, like, he's basically, he says that he's still innocent because he wrote them invoices. But they're like, but then they're like, yeah, but you never paid the invoices. Yeah, yeah. And then you fled the country. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, why have you sent all their the lawyers? Yeah. And I think it's just amazing that all these big New York gallerists, they, they all, they, you know, these relationships are all built on trust, particularly back in the nineties. Like, the, you know, the, the consignment notes were very like rudimentary, and they all just like, if they knew each other, they were all part of the same gang, and it was all fine. And then it was Sotheby's that finally broke it because obviously they were much more established. Yeah, and then I think they're finance team got involved and didn't you and say they someone realized... left the art world altogether which is a bit sad off the back of yeah so um he found there's yeah, this one not... there's this one moment actually where you do kind of break through his like barrier of just not admitting michael cohen by the way and there's one bit where you do see that finally like there's like a little glimmer in his eyes that he might have done something wrong mm. when the the documentary maker leans across and is just like you do realize like after this fraud that you committed on one of the galleries, the guy just gave up because he just couldn't believe that somebody would do that to him, mm. and he just quit the gallery world completely. Mm, and his right. fate, and then he's like, oh, oh, okay. For like a second. For like a second, you can kind of see like it's like dawn. Yeah, yeah but I don't think a con man can have any empathy because that's. Mm. Your I think job he conned himself. To, I think yeah. he yeah. just he was so convinced himself that you know he he always had the intention to pay them back, so therefore he's not. He didn't commit the crime because he always intended to pay them back. Yeah. Yeah, he convinced himself that that was okay and that's what he was doing. But it was just mad. Like You hear all these people talking about it and then you think, oh, he must be being interviewed in prison. Like, And then he's not. You just see him just there in France. It's yeah. just 
Well, you ruined the ending. And the grief, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the art world was part of that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and on that saying, to, uh, uh, joining that to our last question, mm. and John, was it John Marriott, the forger, several years ago, do you remember him? Oh, was he... He was doing it with the household paints, yeah. and they were wearing... Oh, yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix about him called Arts and Crafts. Yeah, it's hard to get hold of him. Yeah. I'm obsessed with stories like this. Like so he would basically go to Walmart, buy some like crayons. No, then... no, not that one. This is a British one. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, that this guy. He's still, he's still an art legitimately. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was fucking beautiful. His story. <laughs> he he was making copies. Just with normal household paints, but he's putting a medium with them so it's a bit more textured. Maybe I'm thinking the same guy. And then American. this other guy has commissioned him to do a painting. I can't remember what it was, mm. but he's commissioned him to do a painting um, as a copy. But the guy sort of half forged it, so he was a bit of an unscrupulous character. Mm -hmm. But this guy had access into the, the vaults underneath, I can't remember, it might have been the National Gallery. Or, yeah. And what he was doing, he was faking the authenticity of these paintings. So he was putting all this fake authenticity down in the, in the doldrums, you know, getting him to paint this other artwork, yeah. um, calling it this lost artwork, and then bringing it out. And they was doing that for years, until it would come on top. But the galleries, the auction houses, were so greedy, they never even sort of tested it. And it was all fucking Dulux paint, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy that I was talking about, um, he's the subject of the documentary Arts and Crafts. Yeah. It's on Netflix, I think. He would like go to a shop, buy some like regular crayons, do a painting in the style of someone like Rembrandt or something, mm -hmm. and then he'd bequeath it to an institution like a museum, and then they'd hang I know it. That one. They'd hang it, and um, and he's he's been doing this for like all his life. He's just some like recluse guy who lives on his own, or maybe with his mom or something. Um, and he's just been doing this for years, but he's not committing any crimes. He's donating them to yeah. museums oh, through other people sometimes. <laughs> So like it's it's. Uh, but, he, but if he's if he's claiming it to be a Rembrandt, then surely that is a crime by. Sure. No, yeah, surely yeah. it's just fraudulent. Even if he's I, not making money from I it. I can't surely. remember what way around it was. Like copyright right. or something. Yeah. He wasn't committing a crime. No, so he's he's been doing it for years. There's museums all over the world that have got. <laughs> yeah, eight, eight yeah. of the same paintings in yeah. different galleries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's like because he's donated it to the museum. It's up to them to. Verify or, or yeah, or not. And they've not done the chance. So yeah, so he's 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 been doing it and he's still doing it. And, and <laughs> even at, never, even yeah. at the private investigator there with yeah. him, didn't he interviewing him? And he's got all of these fucking paintings on the go. He's <laughs> <laughs> saying what they are and where they're going to go. He's even saying, I'm donating this one to that guy. Yeah, this one's going to Moe. Yeah. This one's going to <laughs> yeah, he, he's, in, he's in the documentary painting and stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. Well. It's amazing. That's wild. Yeah. yeah the, it's stories like this that we live for in our podcast, isn't it? Love it. People <laughs> <laughs> have juicy stories are always good, aren't they? Yeah. Who's that? There's a new guy that's that's been just been done for um, frauding people as well. Oh, what's his name? It was just in the Guardian recently, but it seems that he's like the new one of this decade, and he started out really young, and again just kind of started off paying people on time. He's been really, really on it and building up trust, and then everyone loves an art forger. Yeah, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. your dream interview is one of these. We were just earlier on today, we were just like, texting about the story of the, the de Kooning that got stolen back in like 1985 in America mm. from um, I think one of their like regional museums. And like it's back in the time when they didn't have full CCTV, and it was like a husband and wife duo that just went in, and the wife distracted the guard by talking to him long enough for the husband to literally like cut the Dakuna gang oh, nice. out of the frame oh, and they just walked off with it and then they, they never got caught and eventually <laughs> this old woman died and when they went through her like her or her belongings there was a Dakunig. So they think it was probably well, just them. Got, got sold to well, her they know they've got no evidence of what it got sold out. So mm. I like to think that literally this couple just were like, we wanted to hoon it. Yeah. So they literally <laughs> just went and cut it out and stuck it <laughs> out and just left there for like the rest of their time. Yeah. That's good restraint though, if you manage to pull it off and never try bother trying it again. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah just like difficult done. to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. had to dream yeah. artwork. Yeah. That artwork museum. as well has been estimated to have been worth $160 million. Wow. Imagine how that actually <laughs> 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 But also, can you just imagine, like, just 
friends coming around for dinner and just being like, uh, it's a horrible painting, though. If you don't know who de Kooning is, you wouldn't back the alley to it, I don't think. No. <laughs> yeah, I've always been fascinated by the, the, the little etching that um, Lucian Freud done of Francis Bacon that got stolen outside. Was that, I think that was outside the National in the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you got... Those days, it was just so much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You could leave your back door open. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was always fascinated by that. That's never appeared its head, and that's only a small little etching on mm. copper. I think a huge part of the reason why the Mona Lisa is so famous is because it got stolen. Well, this, yeah. is what, this is why it makes me think of your, your stuff that you've been doing when, you know, you've been, like you know, interfering into other people's works and changing them and then seeing whether like, the value increases or not because, you know, it makes me think, we've talked about it on our episodes mm. about obviously like the Banksy recently that got shredded, mm. all these things like the de Kooning about they're, they're worrying about whether the value's going to go up or down, but more times the value goes up because it's now got a story. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. Gives an extra dimension to it. And so you had Martin, Martin Creed donated a print to me and I burnt it. And <laughs> I, put, I put a glass in the centre of it. I put a glass on his face. So you know, if this was a glass, I put that on his face. Set a light to the four corners, and it all went in. But it was on the back of a frame. And then, so I just once it had burned, I took the glass away and put the put the glass back on. Sealed it in the frame. Put sort of um, like a silicon around the back, so none of the ash can go anywhere. I put that in my first show. It was up for a tenner. Because like, uh, the artist gave me their price on it, so yeah, yeah. Martin Creed being Martin Creed said I'll put it in for a tenner. So I put it in for a tenner, it didn't fucking sell. <laughs> <laughs> People were thinking it was like a bit sort I of cheap. I've bought it myself. That was my investment. Yeah, with Martin Creed's head. <laughs> but is, isn't that why Banksy did that? Or do you think that's why Banksy did that? Because oh, it's yeah. a. a it's hundred percent a publicity stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's, like there was, uh, there was a video that like debunking the myths around that, and it was like, there's no battery in the world that would have survived mm. fully charged yeah. for ten years. Or and I think or. the fact that he's now selling T-shirts on his shop, which are half shredded, <laughs> to me kind of sums up the fact that he had every intention. Well, he just he won in all regards in that because he yeah. got so much publicity out of it, and the and value actually, of the but work. Was, like, yeah, but what I'm saying is, wasn't it him sort of yeah, stealing my out. concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and pointing out yes. ludicrousness, yeah. how ludicrous these things do Yeah, but this is why, I mean, he wins, because he gets to make a really, like, great right. statement of that, yes. and get all the publicity from bank. it, and make a lot of money. Yeah. So he just, like, is a win-win. He just knows how to play yeah. so well. Okay. And everyone else stands there, like, you know, people like me and you, and we get really critical of it, but we're just like, yeah, he's laughing, though, so... Do you yeah. know much about this statue that Andy Linky took and now he's it's been removed it before, yeah. yeah he's mentioned it to me but i wonder if it is steve or banksy actually own that statue now you know who put it into sotheby's because he's always claimed that banksy's people took it back i don't think and i don't Steve's think he's been it was quite steve. vocal on steve is like he's the worst recently. piece banks has ever made so i don't think steve's involved but, but he's been he's been um, slagging off andy on the, on social media yeah i don't think andy's friends with the whole banksy I was just wondering how Steve would even be aware of what Andy's saying online, unless he was involved in it still somewhere. Ooh, if, this is what, <laughs> if what you're saying was going out, should you mention who Steve and Andy are? Steve is Steve Lazaridis from Lazaridis, yeah. ex, ex Lazaridis yeah. Gallery. Um, who and, represented Banksy. Yeah, Andy Link is an artist who stole, um, well, he didn't steal, he found the the same thing. The drinker, <laughs> statue, the, the drinker statue that Banksy made, stuck it in a flatbed truck and then took it home and put it mm. in his garden. <laughs> I, think, I think he had it for like a year or two and then it just disappeared out of his garden and he says that Banksy took it back. But he says that because he found it, he is the legal owner of it. Well, yeah, he did register it with the police. No, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what's happening. And uh, I think Andy is making a documentary about it. Mm. It's been in the works for a long time, like Netflix. Yeah, I was just about to say, Netflix. Yeah. Got Netflix written all over it. <laughs> As it's just broke there, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, this is the Christmas crossover. Chris, yeah. cross, Chris, the Chrisover. <laughs> um, yeah, so brought to you from the Artfully Podcast. Delphian Podcast. Art Proof. And the Mizog Art Podcast, soon to be Ministry of Arts. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. See you.
Did he clap? <laughs> 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 <laughs>